Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and welcome to Betting Chicago. On today's episode, we're going to recap the Bears' 24-21 loss to the Raiders. Bears are on bye week next week, so we're going to kind of look forward a little bit and try and fix what's going on right now. I'm joined today by fantasy expert and fellow Tutty guy, David Rispoli. Dave, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me again, Joey. I wish you'd have me on when the Bears won. Uh, anytime. <laughs> I'll work on that. I'd sure like to get a Bears win and come on here with a happy face. I don't know why. I always have to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I always see you frowning every time I have you on. Tears in my eyes, ready to talk Bears football. Yeah, the Bears offense, I guess we could say, is in a fog in London, losing 24-21. to Really tough loss. Um, we're going to go through it. Let's just dive right into it, right? Sure. We're also going to be playing at some point. We're going to break down the game. We're going to play a little game called positive-negative. Some things that we want to see the Bears change and some things that uh, maybe Bears fans aren't quite seeing as they head into the bye week. Uh, We'll start with a quick positive. I took a great sad nap yesterday. I'm very well-rested. And the negative, I took a sad nap because the Bears lost to the Raiders. Yeah, you didn't expect to take that sad nap, did you? No, I didn't take that sad nap, and then suddenly it just seemed like a fantastic idea, and then the afternoon was lost to me. So let's go back to the beginning of the game. In that first quarter, I think we saw a completely different Bears team than we have for the first four games of the season. Not only did the Raiders' offensive line come out and completely manhandle the Bears' defensive line, but we were seeing stuff that we hadn't seen yet this season, Dave, and most most namely was Josh Jacobs getting to the second level on our Bears' defense. It seemed like on every carry. Uh, I think you're saying that's just happening in the first quarter. I think that was the key to the game. Yes. Was they won the line of scrimmage. And on every play, like you said, I was seeing our defensive line getting pushed up into the second level. Yeah. It just seemed like that was their MO, and it really worked. Point of attack on tackling was was a little soft on the Bears' end. And I'll tell you, no one scored in the first quarter, but you were completely right. And I'm I'm very interested, uh, believe Podcast Network fans, if you listen to the Raiders' podcast today, I'm sure they have to be gushing about that offensive line. Because Richie Incognito had a couple of dumb, what we would call personal foul penalties that yeah, put them did. back, that uh, that allowed them to not score in the first quarter. But guess what? That set a very interesting tone. And if I could say one thing about the Raiders moving forward, who are now three and two, is that you know that offensive line is nasty, and they actually set a very interesting tone. And I think we're going to get a little bit more. We're going to get a little bit later on the Bears' offensive line and what we think that that is definitely missing from them. But right off the bat, you could tell that this was going to be a different game, and the Raiders made that happen. I thought it was very interesting because if you were to name all of the stats from this game, if you were to tell me the box score, I would have it completely flipped. The way the Raiders played and the, and the game they had is exactly the game I thought the Bears would have coming into this game. If you had told me that there was going to be three rushing touchdowns, that the line of scrimmage was going to be one running the ball. 169 yards rushing 169 for the Raiders. 169 yards rushing. If you told me that there's only 229 air yards, that not a lot of wide receivers had good games, that it was completely on the running back shoulders and they played great defense, I would have said, that's Bears football, baby. Yeah. That's Bears football. And there was a lot of worst-case scenarios 
that were being signaled all throughout that first half. On the first drive for the Bears, Chase Daniel makes a couple of nice throws. Allen Robinson makes the first of many fantastic catches in that game. He's really come alive. And then what happens? Holding penalty on Jamarcus Webb. They get backed up, and then Chase Daniel takes a sack. Next thing you know, we're punting the football away. I think at one point in the game, the Raiders had 20 minutes of time possession. The Bears had only 10. And when you have your backup quarterback in the game, that is just not a recipe for success. And once we got into that second quarter, that's when the Raiders really began to put it on us, right? That, that running game really started to get going. They got that touchdown on the board. We get the ball back, and then Chase Daniel shows us why. Chase, the Sapphire Daniel, is the backup quarterback that he is with an absolutely terrible throw for an interception that led to an easy score. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, was on that very first goal line stand, we had them. They were about to go three and out on the goal line. Fuller had a holding penalty at the goal line on a third down, and then DeAndre Washington was able to run it in. I I just think that started this momentum for them that kind of led through the game. It was a really weird game for penalties on both sides, lots of weird fumbles, like just a lot of weird turnovers in this game. If you had said that the Raiders had two fumbles and they came out with a win, I would have said, what what happened? What happened? And it really started to build that momentum in that second quarter. They absolutely owned it. Big thing of what happened there is, uh, again, to hammer it back, that Raiders offensive line kept Derek Carr clean for the second week in a row. They have not allowed a sack for two weeks now. We got zero sacks in the game. We not got one, one quarterback hit. Not one player smudged his eyeliner. Yeah, and he didn't he break one sweat to have it drift down his that. face. Nope. And um, and that's what hurts, right? It's a definitely a winnable game for the Bears, even if Chase Daniel is in that game. You think the Bears would have enough to get it done. And let's just be honest, again, another terrible first half for Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears. This was something that was a uh this was something that was a big part of their offense and their team game plan last year. This was something that they had as a forte of what they do. Great first 15 plays, strong first halves, going into the half with leads, protecting leads. And I can say, honestly, outside of that Redskins game, all of the first halves have been terrible. Horrible. And and let's talk about that for a second. The scripting of those first 15 plays, right? Watching Monday Night Football last night, we saw a bunch of stats about how great Andy Reid is about scripting those first 15 plays and how they, they come away with points Nine times out of ten. Isn't Nagy from that tree? What's what's happening that our first 15 plays have been absolute garbage, Joey? It seems like to me, and I don't want to make this sound like that it's derogatory, but I think that it's true, is I think our coach is going through some co- some growing pains a little bit. Sophomore slump. Yeah, just a little bit. As a second-year coach, he walked into last year with this, this plan, right, that he was so confident in. And when he began to see success and results, he stuck with it. And now this year, I think he's trying to take it to a different level. So I'm not saying that he should be doing the exact same thing all the time. But what I am saying is when you do try and have a progression or create innovation in something that you've already had success with, guess what? It opens up the door to failure. And I think we're experiencing that just a little bit right now. I mean, we're going to get into it, but... You know, especially in those first 15 plays, right? Like, it just seems like we are either like, we are going to run, 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 or we're going to run a little bit and then pass for the rest of the game. And he just can't seem to find that balance, that that little uh, 
the little give and, the give and take that needs to happen in the office. And it seems like he's still kind of working it out a little bit. Yeah, we do not have an offensive identity. I don't know who we are on offense week to week. Are we a no huddle team? Are we a running for the football team? Are we uh, a passing team? If we are a passing team, are all of our passing... Uh, all of our passes are going to be only six yards, seven yards at a time. Right. You know, who, who are we? What are, are we doing? Are we a three running back stable? Are we a two? Are we a one stud running back and a gadget player? Uh, are we a little pony? Yeah. Are we, <laughs> what, what are we? I, I are we a donkey? Know. What's going on? To be honest, it, it feels like Nagy had an idea of taking this offense to a Chiefs level at the beginning of the season. And then after that first game, he went, ooh, I'm trying to do too much. And I feel like every week he's been trying to scale it back, and now he has to do it even more with Chase Daniels. And I feel like he's just grasping at straws here. I don't yeah, know what he, he wants to do. When, when you scale it back, you open up the door to second-guess yourself. Right. And I think that is a little bit of what's going on, right? And, and I think based on a couple of scenarios of how these games have gone, you know, when you're down 17 to nothing, you know – you almost have to throw it out the window and just do whatever you can to get back into the game, which the Bears did, to their credit. But at the same time, it just seems like the game is dictating what Nagy does more than Nagy dictating what the game is going to look like right now. And I hopefully they can fix that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I would love nothing more than to be able to go into halftime and make a sandwich and not make a drink. Okay? <laughs> that would be great. I would love to make a happy sandwich, Joey, during halftime. I haven't gotten to do it yet. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's just... Tall and cold yes, and stiff, stiff. <laughs> and dear God. So let's go to that second half real quick. Um, you know, the Bears got back in the game the way uh, Bears teams often do, like a quick turnover, yep. uh, a short field, yep. cash it in for a touchdown, yep. uh, proceeding uh, possession. Tariq Cohen finally gets that space, shows everyone why he a is mis- away. Why a he is the, hu- yeah, the human joystick, uh, 71-yard punt return. And then after that, Allen Robinson, I mean... Came alive. Can we, uh, can we officially say that... I mean, Allen Robinson is a number one receiver. We can get into all the different areas of do we have a number two, number three, whatever. But he is... He's having a fantastic season. He is making plays right now. He is making us look good. And I think he is the only thing in our passing game that we probably have to show for it right now, going into the bye week. I think right now, he is quite literally our only offensive threat. He's surely our, our only red zone threat, and he that's an issue. And we'll, we'll get into that in the positives and negatives, Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but Allen Robinson, he's a stud. And we really put it on his shoulders, and he shouldered it. And he showed up with two tutties and a lot of really tough catches. And let's, uh, let's go to the fourth quarter. Um, do we have to? We do. We do for a couple of different reasons. One, I think just in general for this game, and uh, Bears fans, I defy you to find the difference, but this Chase Daniel experience has gone exactly like it has gone last season. When Mitch got hurt last season, he came in for one game, played pretty well. Everyone in Chicago said, we don't need Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Chase Daniel can just run the offense. That's all we need him to do. And then in the second game, you start to see some of the warts, right? Some of the costly mistakes. This is exactly like that Giants game. Terrible, costly mistakes by Chase Daniel. A defense that's kind of getting ripped apart just a little bit in the running game. And then the second half, a furious, furious comeback uh, that just falls short. 
with a Chase Daniel costly mistake again, dooming us once more. Joey, uh, you're speaking to Bears fans here. They're saying not just last year, but the last six years, Joey, this has happened, right? <laughs> it used to be we don't need Jay Cutler because he would get hurt, and we'd say, oh, Jason Campbell's the answer, and he would be for one game, and then he would look like dog shit, and then there would be the McCown experience. Like We've had this so many times where we're like, we're hit or miss on our starting quarterback. We got mixed feelings. They go down with an injury. We have one or two good games out of our backup. I don't know why we don't put enough stock in our backup quarterback. We never have, and we always have to go to them. It's time. We always go to them. We always cheer for them, and it's such a convenient, casual thing that a Bears fan can say to make himself sound smart. Right. And Bears fans, I'm sorry, you guys, but when it comes to quarterbacks, we are the guy at the bar that falls in love with the first girl that, like, smiles at him. When seriously, we just need to love ourselves and just begin to educate and process through the concept of... Some of these things take time, and not everything is going to be solved by the backup quarterback. Right, and we can see that in that girl's purse, obviously there's cyanide, and <laughs> yeah. she's going to lure us into a room and try and murder us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's wake so up with clear. One, you wake up with one kidney, you, yes. and the next thing you know, you got Henry Burris on your team, and it's yeah. Craig Krenzel and all sorts of stuff. But, I mean, and this is it, is I think Chase Daniel is a very solid backup player who will come into a game and not embarrass you. But if you think that he is as good as Mitch Trubisky, and if you think that we have the same chances to win in the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl with Chase Daniel as you do with Mitch Trubisky, I'm sorry, you're an idiot, Chase Daniel truthers. You really are, because Chase Daniel to me is a guy who is, you know, and I told this to you yesterday, Dave, for all our White Sox fans out there, he is the Jake Peavy of the White Sox. 100%. Now, Jake Peavy might have had more talent, but Jake Peavy would come into a game he would start and throw four sparkling innings. He'd have six or seven Ks, and he's screaming and yelling at people, and everything's going great. But once the second time that lineup comes back around in that fifth inning, all of a sudden he can't get out of there. He goes four and a third, and he gives up four runs, and you all of a sudden go, what happened? And that is Chase Daniel. He only has so many pitches in his arm before teams start to figure it out. He's nice for a little while. It's good for a little bit of a spurt. But if I'm a Bears fan right now, I am praying that Mitch Trubisky comes back against the Saints in two weeks. Absolutely. We're, we're going to need Mitch. I think the experiment is over, and if we don't have Mitch, I am all for going out and signing somebody, whether that's a Case Keenum, whether that's a Fitzmagic. Maybe he needs to sprinkle some on his 15th NFL team. I don't know, but I, I think we've, uh, we've seen what we have in Chase, and if you can't get it done against the Raiders, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, can can they win against the Saints at home with Chase Daniel if it is Teddy Bridgewater? Sure. But how much longer are we going to be really extending this? All these games matter. We've now lost this game to the Raiders. This was a game, I think, on all Bears fan schedules. That we thought had a W. There was going to be a W there. That isn't there anymore. Granted, the schedule isn't quite as daunting as it was previously when you looked at it in the preseason, but it's still pretty tough. We got a tough schedule coming up, Joey. These were this was the easy slate. Yes. Once we come out of the bye, we got to put up some points against yes. those teams. And I want to touch. I want to go into a touchy subject right now before we do positives and negatives, Dave. I thought we already talked about Chase Daniels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
This one's this one's uh, this one might rankle a few feathers, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. And it might just because I'm upset and I'm a Bears fan, and we just lost to the Raiders. But I got to be honest, I'm not ready to call the Bears defense elite for a while. And here's a why: until they come up with a stop and a stiff or a turnover or a sack in the fourth quarter, when the Bears are in the game with a lead, trying to protect the lead, or just trying to get the ball back to win a game. I'm sorry, this Bears defense, I can't call them elite. I just can't. Great numbers, turnovers. Khalil Mack's amazing. Roquan Smith looks like he's going to be fantastic for the next 10 years. Our secondary is strong. We're very deep. I get it. We play very well. But this is a story now that we have seen countless times Going back from the Eagles game, you know, the Eagles playoff game, the Packers in week one last season, over and over and over again, when we need this defense to step up with a big stop in the fourth quarter, they have come up short. Every game. And and look, we have all of the right pieces. I truly believe that we can be elite. And we have had some great games. But then you kind of look back and you look at the quarterbacks. Okay, we had a great game against Case Keenum. We rattled Kirk Cousins. Who hasn't? But again, a hundred. They, they still got a touchdown in the fourth quarter too. They did. Keep that. One hundred and sixty-nine rushing yards. We have to be able to stop the run. We're going to face. Guess what? A little guy named Alvin Kamara soon. We have to be able to make tackles on shifty guys like that. We gave up a rushing touchdown to some guy named DeAndre Washington. If you're going, who's that? Exactly. Who is that? He got a rushing. T- he got it on one attempt. Uh, you know it. And absolutely, it's that fourth quarter. It seems like it's it's all the even quarters, right? Second quarter, what happened? Then third quarter, we come out strong, and then we get gassed again. It's like we can't play a full half of football. We play a great first quarter, a sloppy second quarter. Then we go into the locker room. We get a little breather. We come out strong in the third quarter. And fourth quarter, we're always giving up a touchdown. We look gassed. How many sacks did we have in yesterday's game? Zero. Zero. How many times was Derek Carr rushed out of the pocket? Very few. I mean, once, if that. Yes. He walked out with a clean jersey yesterday. Trevathan had a great game. I, th- I saw he had 11 tackles on the game. But really, like, that's inconsistency. And right now, we're not the Patriots. We're not lights out. Well, and it also reflects back on, you know, the Bears' offense isn't where we want, we want it to be. So I understand that everyone wants to go out and say that the Bears' defense is elite. But what is it? Can we put our finger on it, like, is it a Keem Hicks injury? Is it an injury-based situation? Is it another situation Roquan. too where you'll see this with you'll see this with basketball teams all the time where they will play a fantastic quarter, but it's that final 80 seconds in a quarter where they give up a couple extra points and it turns out to be the difference of the game. You have to finish. You can't just feel like that you are elite and you'll show up on the field and dominate. You have to go out there and you have to go for the kill. And in my opinion, the Bears have a great defense, but I'm not willing to call them elite for at least the next month until I see that killer instinct out of that unit. Yeah, you got to finish in this league. We saw that last night with the Chiefs, right? They got manhandled by the Colts because they could not finish the game. 
The Colts went out there and closed. We have to become closers in this league. And let's be honest, we'll we'd be singing a happy tune. We'd be we'd be doing a few, if you will, yeah. uh, if uh, the Bears defense was able to come up and give them a stop in that fourth quarter. They were unable to do it, and now we're looking at a loss. Dave, I think it's time to play positive negatives, man. We've been mucking around the negative for a little while, but let's yeah. just try and get into the positives. Sure. And this is basically going to be a segment that the Bears are on a bye week. They got two weeks off to heal up. We'll get some more information on Trubisky. But let's kind of look and see what those first four games have been. And let's see how we can try and improve, but also look at some things that have gone well. Sure. Uh, I'll start with a positive. Let's do that. Start positive. Okay. They have been utilizing David Montgomery more. Right? They have. Positive. That is a huge positive. I said since the beginning, week one, I said, why are we giving the ball to Mike Davis all these times and Corderall Patterson? Uh, I think we need to just feed the rock to David Montgomery and get him around the goal line and get him going. That's a positive, Joey. That is a positive, but I'm going to give you a negative. How many times have you seen David Montgomery with the ball in his hands in the second level of the defense? Uh, maybe I was making myself a drink. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Did I miss many, that? I'm not too sure. Many times. It has not happened very often. Um, 2.3 yards a carry, Joey. That was his average in this last game. And, I got and he, was, he came into the game with 3.4, so guess what? That probably went down. It's probably closer to three right now. Yeah. As much as I want to, I mean, it's a, it's a collective effort, right? The O-line needs to seriously look itself in the mirror and realize that right now that it is a toothless unit. I mean, it is a unit that is functioning in the basis of we're not getting killed on every single play, but in terms of imposing their will, in terms of dominating, in terms of creating a hole, which we've seen when Dave Montgomery has the ball in his hands, he's a hard dude to bring down, right? Yep. And that is a positive. He is elusive. You think he stops at the line of scrimmage? You know, those Jordan Howard runs when he like looked like he just ran into a wall last season, David Montgomery is at the very least still slithering and moving and snaking and sneaking his way to a couple extra yards. I'm dying to see him in space. Yes. And we just haven't quite seen it yet. And I, I hope that that's something that they work on in the bye week. Because yeah. it would be nice to well, see that. Well, I think the NFL is obviously changing. And there's crazy stats out there about running on first down as opposed to throwing on first down. And the success rate is super skewed in the throwing on first down. Um, and if we're running the ball, it's always seems to be on first down and they know when they see David Montgomery back there, that's what we're going to do. We got chase back there. And so I think, yeah, it hasn't been the easiest road for him, but I don't know if I'm seeing the magic that I thought I was going to see with David Montgomery. Speed to the edge is something that I am questioning just a little bit that I thought I was going to see where he'll He gets the ball. There's nothing there in the front. He does that quick bounce out, that lateral to the outside, gets to the edge and gets a couple extra yards. Haven't quite seen that yet. Personally, can't really tell if that's his decision-making or if he just lacks that top-end speed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would like to see more of a 50-50 split between him and Cohen, to be honest. Uh, I think that worked really well last year. Uh, Tariq Cohen is someone that's disappeared in certain games, someone that's kind of, you know, he dropped a few passes in that one game. But he's a guy I think we really got to get going because if you look at his touches last year, he was one of our main offensive weapons. And this year, 
He's back in that gadget category, and I think we need to lean back on him a little bit more. And furthermore, we gave uh, Mike Davis guaranteed millions, and right now he's a walking bag of fire. Zero carries. Disappeared. Zero carries. I mean, I saw him out there for a couple of snaps, did not touch the ball yesterday, and let's be honest, I think they were kind of banking on that. And he has not done a single thing yet this season. And that has to be concerning, disappointing. And the, the Bears' offense already, I think coming, coming into the season, I think it was going to be more about not elite talent at specific places, but more of like a complementary collection of players and weapons that can flash in and out of a game and contribute. And so far, Mike Davis, uh, you know, Riley Ridley, um, guys of that nature have not been able to get into the lineup, and all of a sudden the depth on that offensive chart looks a little bit shorter than we thought it was when the season began. Big time. Do you got another positive for me? I'm going to give you a positive. Give me and, a positive. And, and this is a good one, honestly. I, I hope Bears fans don't lose sight of this. Is You know what? Like Yesterday really hurt, and Trubisky, obviously we all have questions and concerns. The offense looks like it's regressed a little bit, but you know what? We are in... Every single football game that we play. We have not been blown out. We have not been blown out. We will not be blown out. I do not believe I have to check, but I don't think we've lost by more than a touchdown yet in the Matt Nagy era. And I'll tell you, that stat matters because it was 17 to nothing. They were thousands of miles away uh, in London. They could have easily turned, turned the game over. And let's be honest, it almost happened at the goal line if Sherrick McManus doesn't punch that ball out, doesn't right. give us that old school classes, classic uh, peanut punch. That game could have gotten out of hand, but it didn't. We found ways to make plays, and we found ways to get back into the game. And I think at the end of the day, you know, whether we are Super Bowl bound or not, I think that means something. Like, we are going to be in every single football game. Um, and I just kind of like that. I Obviously, we got subjected to just torturous John Fox and Mark Trestman football for so many years, where the game was 28 to nothing, by, you know, Pacific time, 11:15 Pacific time. And I think with this team at the very least, we are competitive in every single football game. We always give, give ourselves a chance to win, and we are going to get into that tough schedule moving forward. But you know what? We're going to be in all those games cuz that's a Matt Nagy team. We stay in it. There are professionals in that locker room that does give me something positive to think about moving forward that they can get this fixed. Yeah, and I think the negative on that is my blood pressure has been through the roof, and yeah, Joey. Every single game is a heartbreaker. Every single week. Every single loss has been a complete heartbreaker, right? Even that Packers-Bears game in week one when we lost 10-3 to three or whatever, we, were we, still, we had the ball. We were in we it. We had the ball to tie the game. Go back to every single loss that they had last season. The Dolphins game, Cody Parking missing the field goal like you know, in overtime. Oh. The Patriots game, Kevin White catching the ball one yard at short the of the one. end zone. At you know the what I mean? Go on and on and on all those games. I mean... You're right. That is the negative. They all are just heartbreakers. And yeah. that's the emotional state that we're in today. And that's probably why we're slanting a little negative. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're in them all. You know what I mean? There isn't a game where I feel like that we're outmatched or outclassed or whatever. Like, we can stay in every single football game. Yeah, absolutely. You got a positive? I got a positive for you, yeah, Joey. And we kind of touched on it earlier. But to me, this is a huge shining moment for him. Allen Robinson has taken a huge step forward and has moved in to our number one wide receiver role. He is owning that role. He is owning DBs. He is the Allen Robinson from four years ago in Jacksonville who we all saw and said, man, 
that guy can play. And they say it takes a year to come back from that kind of injury. Looks like a completely different player. Totally different player. He is making contested catch after contested catch. And there's a chemistry there both with he and Mitch and he and Chase where they just trust him. They're throwing the balls to points on the field and knowing that he'll be there. Yeah, that chemistry is called, I got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Allen Robinson is literally literally doing that right now. He's on pace for 1,000 yards. Finally found his way into the end zone. Twice. Um, twice, which both, both catches were great. The one he had to kind of go down low to kind of get it. The other one, again, just classic Allen Robinson that we've seen all season. You know, going up in the air, twisting his body, the feet landing at different areas, him falling down, getting up, and being like, first down. And it is, it has been fantastic to see. I think at this point, it is fair to say that it was a solid free agent signing. Big time. Um, you know, fingers crossed that he can stay healthy. He's got two weeks now to kind of get back, get, kind of get back and make sure whatever maybe is nicking him or nagging him is doing well. And I completely agree. Allen Robinson's been great, borderline pro bowler right now. If the Bears offense can figure it out and maybe let's just say get 15 to 20% better. He's going to get a lot better. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, been, he's been fantastic. Uh, let's go to the negative. Yeah, the negative for me is no one has grabbed a hold of the number two spot. Yes. Do Outs- we have a number two? Outside of Turbo Taylor's one crazy outlier, monstrous three-touchdown game, he hasn't looked great in the other games, and we really haven't pushed anybody into that role. From the beginning of the season, I've been beating the drum for Anthony Miller, but to be honest, every time I watch him play, I'm tearing my hair out. He takes one step forward, two steps back, he makes boneheaded penalties, and I just don't know if we have that number two, if it is a wait and see next year, maybe it's Ridley, I don't know, but we have to have that number two. Last year, we thought it was going to be Trey Burton stepping into that Kelsey role because we're getting the Andy Reid tree, Nagy, and we're going to have Travis Kelsey on our team. Guess what? That did not happen. He's a better fullback than he is a tight end. And I just don't know where it's coming from. I trust J.P. Holtz right now more than I trust Trey Burton. Or Javon Wims. Yeah, which is a whole other scenario. We've been beating the drum on Anthony Miller all season long, and I think we're starting to sort of figure out what's going on, right? Like, he has all the talent in the world, had a really great rookie season, and I'll be honest with you, I think he's a little mentally ahead of his skis in terms of where he thinks he should be right now in the NFL when, to be honest with you, there's still a lot of room for him to earn it, right? And he came in to training camp. He, uh, he had a little off-season surgery on the shoulder, starting to feel good, twisted an ankle late in training camp and got kind of behind the eight ball. Matt Nagy decided to kind of not use him right away. You can already see that frustration starting to mount a little bit. Then he finally gets onto the field – Dumb penalties, right? And this isn't just the Raiders game. This is previous games, too, as well. Correct. Lining up wrong, false starts, holding penalties all the time, hearing the number 17 coming out of the ref's mouth. That's also taking away from his snaps. That's also building and mounting that frustration. Then Allen Robinson catches the touchdown, and then Anthony Miller gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. What are you doing, man? I just can't quite figure out. It, he seems to be caught in between two places right now. Doesn't really seem to be focusing strictly on just getting better at football, securing balls like that. That fade, that little uh, floater route to the sideline. Now he's messed that up twice, where he's tried to catch it with one hand instead of extending out with two hands. And honestly, 
I think I wish I wish that Anthony Miller would just look at this process more as baby steps because he is super talented, but man, he needs to calm down, dude. Like he he is steps and steps away from the player that he thinks he is, and he is I think yards away from the players that the Bears are going to let him be. In the meantime, until he gets all this stuff cleaned up, yeah, and I've seen uh, in the last two games us throw these really short passes to him, like he's a guy who's dangerous in space. We're throwing these three-yard floaters to him with two guys on him. I don't think he's the player to be doing that. I've always seen him as a move-the-chains guy, but then we have to extend his routes at least 10 yards for that to happen. I just feel like we don't know what Anthony Miller is. Anthony Miller doesn't know who Anthony Miller is. And right now I'm looking at our depth and I'm going... Who is that number two? And that's the problem, right? Anthony Miller comes down with a fantastic 38-yard reception yesterday. That's what we should be talking about instead of talking about, you know, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, him like him screaming on the sidelines. He got flagged for something else in the game, too, as well. All this stuff is mounting up that it's obscuring the fact that he actually took, in theory, a step in the right direction yesterday. Yeah. He had a season-high 52 receiving yards. You want to see more of that, but I can't honestly say that he played a great football game yesterday. Yeah. Do you have another positive for me? Yeah, I, I, I need to pick me up. Okay, <laughs> I need to pick me up. Um, let's see here. Positive, positive, positive. The bye week comes at a perfect time. That is a positive. It is the a perfect time, as opposed to last season when I think we probably wish that. I think the bye week came after the Tampa Bay game. I mean, I think the Bears wish they could have we, stayed on the field the and just trucked in the next team and just kept playing that very single day. The bye week is coming at a perfect time. You know, the Bears are 3-2 and two right now. They haven't played the qu- quality of football that they wanted to play this year. But, you know, let's not take away from the fact that they've had some injuries at some fairly key spots so far early on this season. I mean, pretty, Kyle, pretty key. Yeah, no, pretty key. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, let's start there. Hakeem Hicks has not been able to finish several games. That elbow injury did not look great. Hopefully he's going to be okay from that. He was nursing an Achilles injury coming into that game. Taylor Gabriel has a fantastic game. Then he enters concussion protocol. Kyle Long on the offensive line. Bobby Massey with vertigo. All of these are... Roquan Smith with... Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Something we're not going to get into. Yeah. But that's a thing. And, that, and he was inactive for a game. Yes. And we had to scramble. That was a very last minute inactives, which means you practiced all week, and then all of a sudden... Krakowski, you're in. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be crazy for the defense. And again, Anthony Miller, on again, off again. Um, The injuries have piled up, and we get a week off. I think this is like, all of a sudden, you're on your computer, a bunch of pop-up windows are going, everything's going slow, the wheel of death is spinning, and you're like, I just need to reset. Restart the computer. I'm just going to restart the computer. And now we get to restart. I think Nagy needs it. I think our offense needs it. Our defense needs it. We need to watch some film, find out who we are, and we can really come out of this. I mean, like you said, we're three and two. It's not over. We're very much in it. Um, at the beginning of the season, I had us going four and one into our buys. So okay, yeah, we're three. We're three and two. Um, so like, I, I don't. I don't think it's over. The division is still up for grabs, very much so, uh, especially the wild card spot. So, you know, we just need to right the ship. Yeah, the bye week is an excellent opportunity for the O-line. Go find an attitude and find an identity. 
The first 15. Let's script some first 15 plays against the Saints at home that are going to really work and get us off to a great start. And let's be honest, there is, you know, the schedule is a little bit more fortuitous than we thought it was going to be. The Saints, it looks like Drew Brees probably will not be back for that game. And even if he is back for that game, he's got an injured thumb playing outdoors on the road. That's a pretty strong matchup for Brees. All of a sudden, you know, the Chargers are 2-3. and three. The Chargers will be a tough team, but trust me, Phillip Rivers is doing Phillip Rivers stuff in the red zone all over the place consistently this season. That game doesn't quite look as daunting as it did before. Now, the Eagles game on the road, I think every Bears fan had that game penciled in as a loss. But let's be honest, the Eagles are not quite the world beaters that everyone thought that they were going to be. Right. We've got the Lions in there too as well, you know, a divisional game. These are all winnable games. I don't see any surefire L's on their schedule coming up for quite some time until maybe, you know, that Chiefs game a little bit later. You could maybe make a case for the Cowboys thing if the Cowboys figure it out. Um, I think that's coming up in November. Or that Rams game, November 17th. We play the Lions twice. Yes. And we have the Giants in there. We have some possible feel-good games. Yes, and I think all of it's kind of out there for us to, to rebound nicely. Um, I, I, I don't know quite what to make of, there's no, have you heard of a timetable for Mitch Trubisky? Have they put an actual two to four, a four to six? Have they put any of that out there? No. I personally haven't heard that either. Does that concern you or does that terrify you? <laughs> I don't know. I uh, don't know the difference. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that serious of an injury. Uh, just the fact it's just a sling. Um, I mean, you saw what Ben Roethlisberger looks like. He looks like uh, someone from like a Geico commercial that's in like a full body cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much different. Uh, Mitch seemed to be in good spirits. And, you know, we haven't really heard any rumors about them trying to sign anybody. Um, So I don't know if they just have that much blind trust in chase or, or they, they think, think that he'll be buy. back in two weeks yeah and we missed and also another one too hey how about we get our kicker healthy while we're at it eddie yeah he has been how many times did you watch him this game and last game kick and wince immediately uh every single time yep and um you know i'm very happy that he's off to a strong start seems like a cool kid hitting that game winning field goal was very nice um but i will also say that the reason why uh, he is on the Bears right now is because the Raiders, I don't think, trusted him from a health perspective. And he was hurt all last season. I believe it was a hip. And they put him on injured reserve. Interesting, yeah. And you just sort of have to ask yourself the question of, can he get right in the next two weeks? And can he stay right? And I actually believe in him and his ability as a kicker uh, moving forward. But I think health might be a question mark that I don't think anyone's really thinking about. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh the kicker woes continue in Chicago. You got any more positives? Uh, yeah, I got one. I got one little positive. Oh, bring me a positive because I'm, I'm sick one, of the negatives and then yeah, we're going to wrap yeah, it up. Yeah. I got one little positive followed by one quick negative, Joey. I think this, <laughs> this is a really good positive. I saw it with my own eyes and I said, wow, Chase Daniels threw a beautiful back shoulder fade. The negative was it was to the Raiders DB. Yeah, there was three of them, I believe, at the time. And each one was beautiful, Joey. <laughs> they were hanging out in the back, having beautiful. a smoke break, just like talking about how their shift sucks. Yeah. And then, oh, what's that in the air? It was a football. Yeah. Where was that pass going? I mean, he hit them right on the numbers. I'm talking right to them. It's unbelievable. And, you know, uh, 
and that and that's the thing, and that's the sarcastic jab, right? Is Chase some of Chase's balls have actually been really nice on throws where Mitch Trubisky has been inaccurate on. Totally. And that's when you get the snide uh the snide Chicago Bears fan remark with Ajus drilling down his mouth like Trubisky could never do that. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But you know, Chase he just has it inside him. You know what I mean? It is a ratio. One out of every 18 to 20 throws, one of them is going to be so terribly awful. The other one is that he doesn't – I mean, he's a competitor, but I don't think he quite understands his own limitations where he'll go back and drop back, and he has to understand that he doesn't have the speed to get out of the pocket. So if he goes there and he stands there for over one second in his clock, that's either a throwaway or or you got to know where you're going with the football. He takes sacks a little bit too easily. I do worry about that a lot. Every time he gets sacked, too, it seems like the ball is just ready to pop out of his hands. Um, that's the element to me that's missing without Mitch Trubisky is a playmaker. Yes. Okay. You could say what you want about Mitch Trubisky as a pocket passer and a decision maker, but at the end of the day, we always have a chance because Mitch can scramble and make plays. Yeah. And that's like we when, saw him did. It's when the Trey Burtons of the world and the Anthony Millers and the Taylor yeah. Gabriels and all that stuff, that's yeah. when those guys get an opportunity to make some plays. We've, and- we've done pretty well in the scramble drill. We really have Allen Robinson is great at that, finding an opening in that zone coverage, and Mitch can find him, and we don't have that with Chase. And let's just let's let's wrap it up on this, and I'm just going to kind of put it out there now because God love it, if I'm right, I'm going to sound really smart. But what if this is actually a really wonderful opportunity for Trubisky to take a few games off? He came into this season, you know, I'll be honest, you know, our, our offense, I think, ranked 22nd in the NFL, but it actually looked pretty decent last season. Like, it was, it was functional. Guys were open. Plays were there to be made. I think the 22 probably got hurt because we just didn't have a running game at all last season. And I think this season, Trubisky came in and he goes, now is my time, and I'm going to take my game to a level that I've never, ever, ever seen before. And let's be honest, not playing the preseason probably hurt him a little bit because he does need to have those looks and those reads. And it didn't quite go the way that he thought it would. He got embarrassed, came back, came back and played a little bit more simple. But now he's not quite trusting himself, which is adding to that inaccuracy a little bit. And what if him sitting for these last you know, two – well, he didn't sit the, for the game that he got hurt. He watched. But sitting let this week, another week off, and then coming back, Hopefully he plays against the Saints. What if he comes back and plays better? I feel like I just got a theme park boat tour through the mind of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Oh, yeah. we're looking over here. We've got a beautiful contract extension waiting for you. Oh, hold on. Hold on, folks. We've got a dinosaur in our midst here. Let's just keep on moving down here. Make sure to we keep get your... squirted with water in the face as yeah. he overthrows uh, you know, Taylor Gabriel on a wide open pass. Yes, and then they charge us $60 for the photo that we weren't aware of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just something that we have to deal with. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this in the past too as well. As a fan, you know, you go through all your preseason stuff, you do your fantasy drafts, you walk in, and you just feel like that the game is going to be a lot easier than it actually is. And then when the NFL season actually starts, you begin to realize how hard it is to win a football game, just one singular game at a time, unless you're playing the Dolphins. Um, (laughs) But you just realize how hard it is. And I know Bears fans wanted to see progress offensively right now. We haven't gotten it, but I will say that it's not too late. It really is not too late to round into shape, to to build the thing back up, 
to have some guys like Trey Burton that we haven't heard from yet still be heard from this season, get our starting quarterback healthy, and um, you know maybe by the end of the season have a, have a sharp-looking unit on the offensive side of the ball. Joey, I love ending on a positive. That's what we have to do. That's all we can do. We know that so well in Chicago. <laughs> That's going to do it, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. I love talking Bears football. We're going to have you back very soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You've been listening to Betting Chicago. We didn't place any bets this week because the Bears were on bye next week. But I am going to be coming back very soon. I am very much looking forward to talking about the Chicago Cubs offseason, the Chicago White Sox offseason. Do they spend money? Yeah, probably not. Uh, but also getting into some Bears over-unders. The Blackhawks are fully underway this season. Hopefully they got a defense and they got a blue line that's going to be help, able to get them back in the playoffs. I'm going to talk about all that stuff right here just for you. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.